the Rosie Report regular season roundup weekend recap edition of the Rosie Report. Jim Rosenhouse along with you. Great to have you with us from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland following a, a real positive weekend for the Guardians as they took two out of three from a very good Phillies ball club that certainly has big-time aspirations over in the National League. With a loss on Sunday, however, the Guardians slipped three games behind the suddenly red-hot Twins heading into play this week as the Twins have won 8 out of 10 coming out of the All-Star break to take a three-game advantage in the American League Central Division as the Guardians continue to try and persevere with a depleted starting pitching rotation as they had to go with a a bullpen game again yesterday, and uh, they're trying to get away from that if they can, but they just can't quite yet. And there'll be more on that with uh, Terry Francona's postgame thoughts from yesterday. Also, later on in our podcast, we will hear from Chris Antonetti, the president of Baseball Operations, who fills us in on how things are going trade deadline-wise with that fast approaching as uh, it's uh, about a week away, a little bit more than that, but uh, not much as we get closer to the trade deadline. But first, a look back at uh, the weekend on Friday night. The Guardians with a 6-5 victory over the Phillies. Then a 1-0 win on Saturday night. Back-to-back sellouts at Progressive Field. What a great atmosphere. And then yesterday, a wild one that uh, ended up in favor of the Phillies in 10 innings by a final score of 8-5. And after the game, Terry Francona, Guardians manager, talked about having to go with Xavier Curry once again as part of a bullpen game to start things and uh, what he thought of Curry's performance and just trying to get through right now while they wait for reinforcements for the starting rotation. Boy, that was a long time ago. You know, uncharacteristically, he started out not throwing strikes, but he got the double play. So it wasn't a big inning because he really had the first three or four hitters. But then settled in. Last inning was probably his best. Just trying to keep him to a point where we don't lose him for four four days. So that's the idea when we stop it when we did. I, I know you wouldn't win. With your bullpen situation, just how difficult is it to get to what you got? That, that was a tough one today. Um, you know, we're, 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 we're grinding, we're grinding, we're trying. And, you know, you look up there and we got Trevor and Classe, the only two left. You know, you start not just thinking about maybe losing a game, but just getting somebody in a situation where you could hurt them. And that's a hard way to go through the game. So, you know, we sent Heron back out, hoping that he would have an inning like the inning before, and it didn't work. I think David's had a lot of days. He's he's done a terrific job for us. When we think he's played first, a little bit of third caught right and putting the bat on the ball really well. Curry's fault. I know he kind of does that. He's wind up. First two pitches, he went out of the stretch. He's one of the guys has to declare, and then he just forgot, and he went into the windup. From the ground out RBI by Harper, it it looked foul, but I know it's called fair. Yeah, we've had a number of those that look, to me, look foul. We can't challenge anything think, you know, JB's just got to come up and execute the play. It's hard because he's, I think in his mind, it's foul. But it, I don't think it did. It, that was a weird play. 
What did you think of Quan today at the top of the lineup that lead off home run had four base hits as well? I mean, I, I like Quan every day. He's you're not going to get four hits every day. You're not going to get a leadoff home run, but he's a really good little player. He does a great job for us. That's Tito on a, an up and down day yesterday. A game that boy it looked like the Guardians would win it, and then it looked like well that's not going to happen in regulation. And then David Fry tied it with the home run late, and, and then all of a sudden the Phillies with the big top half of the tenth inning as uh, the Guardians were just trying to get through with uh, available arms, and it didn't quite work out yesterday. So. Will arms be a big focus for the front office as the trade deadline approaches? We had a chance to visit with Chris Antonetti, the president of baseball operations over the weekend, and uh, he talked about the upcoming deadline. Well, there's certainly a lot of activity at this point of the year, Rosie. I think the natural cadence of things is once the draft ends in mid-July after the um, all-star break period, you know, teams really turn their attention to the trade deadline. And those calls initially start with us trying to understand what is each team trying to accomplish uh, and then get a little bit more specific from there. And I think if this year follows the typical trend, there's a lot of conversations leading up to the last couple of days before the deadline, but 80 to 90% of those deals actually happen within the last 24 to 36 hours. And from terms of what you're trying to accomplish, how have the pitching injuries and changes to your starting rotation impacted that, say, from even three weeks ago? That's part of the complicating dynamic, not only for us, but really for every team, is that you know the circumstances could change from day to day, whether it's based upon competitiveness within the division or within the wild card, injuries that might creep up, guys that are coming back from injuries that may have a setback, all of those variables that are at play this time of year, which makes it really important to stay uh, as engaged and as as in close touch as possible with other teams to make sure we're monitoring exactly what they're thinking they want to accomplish and then how that might align with what we're trying to accomplish. And, you know, as you said, our needs might evolve from day to day or week to week based upon what's happening with us. So I counted this morning 20 teams within five games of the division title or wild card spot. What has that done to inventory potential players that, that you could be looking at because of where teams are? I think that's one of the fascinating elements of this year's deadline is how will that play out, especially over the next week. Will things clarify? If a team wins six in a row or loses six in a row over the next week, it could have a disproportionate impact on what direction they might take for the balance of the season. So uh, we'll have to see exactly how that balance plays out of the number of buyers out there versus the number of sellers. And just for fans that don't know, how does this work? Chris Antonetti, are you in your office and you just pick up the phone and call another GM of a team that you might be interested in working a deal with or, or text them? I think for the most part, we're in some kind of communication with every team. It's, you know, whether it's text message, phone call, um, it could be me, it could be Mike, Matt Foreman, whoever has maybe the strongest relationship with a counterpart at the other team. And, you know, we'll kind of try to divide that work among our senior leadership group and um, again, it could take a variety of different forms. But, yeah, it could simply be just me picking up the phone and calling counterpart, checking in, say, hey, how are you thinking about things? What's, what's new since the last time we talked? All part of the fast-approaching trade deadline. Stay tuned. We'll have more to come with Chris after this. Welcome back to Guardians Warm-Up. Chris Antonetti joining us, president of Baseball Operations. And before the break, we were talking trade deadline. And, uh, Chris, one of the, the great deals for the Guardians certainly came during the COVID year 2020 at the deadline, a trade with the Padres, uh, three players going the other way, including Mike Clevenger. And you got six back that have contributed in one way or another, and one of them having a tremendous year in Josh Naylor. And, and when you get six players back, 
Was he in the original framework, or, or was that part of the discussions that, that kind of developed over time? And if so, what did you see in him that, that made you say, hey, this guy's got to be in there? Well, as we've talked before, Rosie, um, trades take a lot of different forms and shapes with players in and out of discussions very frequently. Uh, in the case of the Padres, you know, Josh was a guy that we targeted early on, and there were some elements of the trade in which he was in, many of them, and there were a couple where he wouldn't have come back our way. Uh, but in the end, we're thrilled we were able to complete a deal in which he did. Um, at the time we acquired him, we felt you know he had uh, a really advanced feel to put the barrel on the ball consistently. He made a lot of contact, made a lot of hard contact. At the time, a lot of his best contact was on the ground, so he wasn't generating a lot of the power numbers that you might expect. Uh, but we were hopeful that with some maturity, some continued development, that he could continue to impact the ball at a hard rate at a consistently hard rate but start to have those at more productive angles leading to more line drives doubles and home runs and it's been really fun to see the way Josh has grown and developed as a player and has emerged as one of the best and most productive hitters in the American League. Are there things about his game uh, either on or off the field that have been a pleasant surprise that that you couldn't possibly have known at the time of the trade? Well, there's very little we know at the time of making any of these decisions. What we try to do is put all of the information we have together and look for ingredients that we think could lead to success and then do the best we can when the player's here to help them be the best they can be and continue to grow and develop. In Josh's case, a lot of that has come together. I think one of the great areas of growth we've seen with Josh this year in particular is his approach and the success he's had against left-handed pitching. Last year, you know, he was productive against righties but really struggled against lefties, and we were pretty candid with Josh in some of our dialogue at the end of the season in the winter about, you know, what it could mean to the team if he could become a more well-rounded hitter that provided protection not just against righties but if he could provide quality at-bats against lefties. And he got off to a tough start this year against lefties. I think he was 0 for his first 17 or 19, something like that. But then since then, he's been really productive, and that makes a huge difference in the protection it provides Hosey nightly and just as Tito thinks about lineup considerations. Well, Chris, I know a, a lot to come here over the next week to 10 days. Thanks a lot for coming by. appreciate it. As always, Rosie, my pleasure. Thank you. That's Chris Antonetti, president of Baseball Operations. Some real good perspectives there on trade deadlines past the 2020 trade deadline and that big deal with the Padres paying some great dividends, especially with the season that Josh Naylor is having this year. Well, that's going to do it for this edition, episode number 44 of the Rosie Report in the books. We'll get you another one soon. But in the meantime, this is Jim Rosenhouse, as always, thanking you for downloading and listening to the Rosie Report. <laughs>